in the Navy, they're taught the best way to fight a storm or a hurricane was just to move out to sea and anchor deep. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. There are times in our lives when we're caught in storms. Maybe someone listening is going through that right now. The best way to fight a storm is to anchor deep. Join us as we explore this year's theme and see how we have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure in Christ. We hope you enjoy. I think I almost missed that step right there. I think that, that would not have been good. Good morning. Is second service really morning? <laughs> good morning, morning. Good to see everybody today. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I want to uh, personally thank uh, the elders, the staff, uh, and my guy, Rob, uh, for having me. So grateful to be with you. I'm excited to share a word from the Lord with you. Uh, how many uh, first-timers, first time to West Valley, second, third? Anybody in the first, second, third time here? Okay, all of y'all, y'all my people. Y'all are my people because this is my second time, so we all don't know what's going on. All right, so uh, excited, <laughs> uh, excited to be here today and uh, excited not to be alone. Amen? All right, so I understand we're talking about generosity. Do, do y'all, do y'all have, is y'all, everybody's first time to church? Nobody knows what we're talking about. What's going on? I heard we're talking about generosity. All right, see, that's a cue. That's a cue. This, we, we're going to be together today. We're going to, all right. All right, so I heard we're talking about generosity. And if you're going to talk about generosity, you're really talking about the goodness of God, right? We're really talking about how good God is. So we got to start with God because God is good. Amen? Amen. God is so good. Y'all know this song? God is so good. Come on, West Valley. God is so good. He's so good to me. What about this? He answers prayer. Yes, he answers prayer. He My favorite verse. He saved my soul. Yes. He saved my soul. He saved my soul. He's so good to me. I am so impressed. I am so impressed. Yeah. I was talking to somebody in first service. I was like, well, you know, usually first service, they know these kind of songs. Second service folks don't always know these songs. I'm... <laughs> respect, respect. All right. Generosity is the goodness of God. See, and, and if we are going to understand generosity, we have to start with God. 
There are essentials of the faith, like reading and studying scripture, prayer and solitude, praise and worship. These things are essential, but those things are more practices. But there are also emblems of the faith, things that are not practices, but things that, that represent, that are symbolic of the faith, that represent that they are more than, than what they appear to be. Like, for instance, an emblem of America is the bald eagle. And, and, and when you see the bald eagle, it, it should, it should uh, reflect to us the greatness of America. See, generosity is an emblem of God. See, it's not something we do, it's who we are. It's, 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 it's what happens when God is in us. It, it is an emblem. Emblems are small things that represent larger things, are small things that remind us of greater significance. In the kingdom of God, we have greater significance than we can imagine, and the practices of the church are more meaningful than we can fathom. But these emblems, they, they reflect not us, but they reflect God, objects in mirror are greater than they appear. See, when you live out a life of generosity, you reflect to the world the very image and DNA and nature of God. So this morning, let us consider generosity. See, generosity is much more than paying the bills of the church. Generosity is much more than supporting or resourcing our ministries. It's, generosity is much more than feeding the homeless. And all these things are good, but generosity is a, a whole being experience. It, it comes from who we are. It is not what we do. It, 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 it reflects that the God is with us and in us. It is our ethos. See, generosity is the very nature of the Christ follower. Ethos is the, is, is the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as seen in its beliefs or aspirations. In other words, uh, ethos is what other people see in you. It's what people say about you. It's, it, it's just... What is who you, you get it? It's who you are. And generosity is an emblem or it is the ethos of our faith. Okay, okay, let's look at our text and maybe that'll help you understand or walk with me this morning. Luke 21 verses 1 through 4, it says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And... He saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. These coins are called lepta. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Do you see what's happening here? Does this sound familiar, Christian? Does this sound familiar to you? It should. See, she didn't give from her abundance. That would be to give a gift like the rich gave. She gave from her 
poverty. That is her giving all of who she is. It is. And it should sound familiar because God, when he gave to us, he didn't give from his abundance. He gave his one and only son. He only had one. He gave all that he had. Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, he only had one body, one life on this planet. He gave it all. He gave from who he is, from who he was. And that's what it means to be generous. It is to give from who you are. Uh, we, uh, we, we're not generous in the valley out here. We, we, don't, we don't do that. So. I'm just reading your faces. I'm just trying to understand what's happening right here. The two coins that she gave, this lepta, it's, it would be, if I remember correctly, about 100, it would take 168 lepta to make one denarius. So in other words, she was given hardly nothing, hardly nothing, but she gave more than the rich. Now, I'm sure, as far as the actual amount, the rich, the rich were giving more than her, but she gave from who she was, so it was more than all of them. See, that gives me hope because I'm broke. <laughs> because I can, give, I can give more than all of y'all, and I ain't got to be rich. Oh, okay, so I'm the only one getting happy about that. All right, all right. Stay with me as we talk for a few minutes from the title, Generosity more than all of them. Generosity more than all of them. Now, keep in mind this story of this poor woman who gave the two lepta from Luke 21. Now, if we're going to be generous, it will depend upon us understanding who God is. It's, it's, it's a matter of us trusting the Lord. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do we still believe that? Do we still believe that God will supply every need? So if so, I want you to hold on to this claim that I have. This is my simple claim for this message, and it comes from Francis of Assisi. And he said this, for it is in giving that we receive. It is in giving that we receive. And that's what everything that we're going to talk about is about, that one little phrase, that for it is in giving that we receive. So if you got that, you got the whole message, and you can go home if you want to. That's, that's <laughs> it. To understand what I'm trying to say, let's also look at Acts 20, beginning at verse 34. And it says, you yourselves... This is Paul speaking here. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. Some of us might say, Paul was arrogant. I did this and I did. That's not what he's saying. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
Now, Paul would go on these missionary journeys, and he would go out on these journeys with 40 people or so, and when he would get to the towns, he would not allow those who were on the mission with him to work. He wanted them to spend their time doing the ministry. He wanted them to spend their time developing their faith, because you know we grow from doing, from serving, right? We don't grow from sitting. Amen, preacher. Preach it. Right? We we, we grow from doing. And so Paul, when he says, I did the work myself, I supplied your needs, he would literally not allow these 40 people to work. He would work double shifts, making tents so that everyone could eat and focus on ministry. He was giving of himself. You see it? Okay. Okay. Then he says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Must. It wasn't a side thing. It wasn't, oh, I happen to have a few dollars. No, this was something that was was crucial. It was a part of what it meant to be a follower of Christ in Paul's mind. We must help the weak. And then he says, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you know that line is not in the Gospels? It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's, that's not something that was recorded in the Synoptic Gospels or in the Gospel of John. This is something that Jesus said, and it was so mind-blowing when he said it. It became like folklore. It became word of mouth, something that followers of Christ just began to repeat. repeat. It became the ethos of what it meant to be a follower of Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, let me help you out. You got paper? You may got paper? Oh, it's 2023, huh? Will you open your devices? (laughs) However you take notes, whatever you do, all right? Okay, so do you have your devices or your notes? How are you ready? You ready? People, people, we, we talking to each other today. Come on. All right, so I want you to write the word generosity, all right? And then I want you to write the math symbol greater than. And then I want you to write the word greed. You got it? Generosity is greater than greed. You got it? Okay, that's Paul's first point there. When he said, I work so that you might have. He, he's being generous because generosity is greater than greed. Where did he get that from? He got that from heaven. He got that from the Christ. That, that's what it means to, to express the DNA, the ethos, the glory of God in us. It, it shapes into us a generosity, not something we do, but who we are. And do you know that that don't make no sense? Generosity is greater than greed. That don't make no sense. I mean that literally, like mathematically. That makes no sense. Generosity means to subtract resources from yourself. Greed means to add resources to yourself. But somehow in the kingdom of God, in the upside down kingdom of God, to subtract yourself is to make yourself more. Generosity is greater than greed. And then he says, we must, we must take care of the weak. It wasn't some side idea to him. 
It was a crucial and essential part of the faith to Paul. Working, so the second thing I want you to write down. You ready? Working is for the weak. No, not weak people work. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we work and the purpose is for the weak. Do you see it? He's saying we, we must, we must be intentional about making sure that the weak are provided for. That should sound familiar. That should sound familiar when we couldn't pay the price. Jesus Christ paid the price for our atonement, for our salvation. When we were weak, he made us strong. It is the DNA and nature of God. So you, I mean, you know, it, it's great to be a good husband and it's great to be a good father and provide and you should do that. But the ethos in Christ is not just to work to take care of our families. It is to work to take care of the weak. The reason I want a raise is so that I can bless more people. The reason I want a promotion is for the corner office with the glass. I mean, I mean, it's to bless more people. Because <laughs> working is for the weak. And finally, I want you to write one more thing down. It is better. Can you write that down? It is better. It is better. It is better to give than to receive. It's better. It's it's counterintuitive. But in other words, you remember being a kid the night before Christmas? The anticipation? Wondering how Santa Claus is going to get into your house, but you ain't got no chimney? You remember that? <laughs> or you had a chimney and you was like, Santa not going to fit. You know what I'm saying? And we grow up kind of thinking we're the blessed ones when we're the received ones. But actually, in that scenario, the parents are the blessed ones because they get to give to their children. But, and I hope you took advantage of the opportunity that your kids didn't just receive, but you taught them you receive in order that you might give. It's a teaching moment. It's what God did for us. He gave to us, and now we take on the DNA and nature of God, and we give to others. Why? It's better. I don't know if y'all believe me. I'm looking at your faces. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's the ethos of the child of God. It's our very nature. It's the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as seen in its beliefs and aspirations. It's how people see you. It's who they know you to be. It's what they think of you. Their ethos. Okay, what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? If West Valley Christian Church stopped existing today, would this community miss it? Oh, I love the confidence. I love it. And if they miss you, it's not your theology, it's your generosity. Because most of them don't believe what you believe. But your generosity should make them say, man, I them people believe some weird stuff, but man, those are good people. Right? Shouldn't that be the reputation of Christians that even those who don't agree with us, they should say, wow, man, those people, they're so generous. That that should be our ethos and our reputation, and I believe that's attractive, and more of those people will come to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you, let me, let's get even more real. If you quit your job tomorrow, if you were gone tomorrow, 
Would your employer, your employees, your coworkers, would they miss you? Or would they be like, woo, I'm glad she gone. <laughs> Generosity. We, 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 should, we should be the kind of people, it's our very DNA, that they're like, man, this person gives of themselves, not because you ask, but because it's who they are. Amen? Let me try to drive this home some more. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. Hey! Right with me now. There we go. Love produces generosity. It's what it does. God loves us, so he gave to us. We love God, so we should be giving to God, but we also love people. I heard it on the screen. Y'all love people, which means we're generous to others. When you love, you give. Amen? Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ gave from his poverty so that we might be rich, rich in salvation, rich in love, rich in joy. He gave so that we might have life. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That don't make no sense. He's the king. Why is he showing up to serve? Because it's his DNA, it's his nature, it's who he is, and the Spirit of God is in us, so we reflect God's Spirit. In other words, when you show up Sunday morning to West Valley, you're not showing up like, I don't know why they got that loud preacher up there preaching. Why did they sing my song? I don't even like that song. Right? Because you're showing up to serve and not to be served. Preaching! Right? That's why you show up. You show up so that you might be a blessing to others. That's the DNA of God. All right, I'm going to do something. For Rudy, so loved the Lord that he gave what? All right, now I want to do it with you guys. You ready? You ready? Why don't you say your name? For, see, about 13 of y'all participated. <laughs> this is class participation, everybody. You guys ready? Class participation? Okay. All right. For, so loved the Lord that they gave. Yeah. I don't know what your fill in the blank is, but if you love the Lord, there is a fill in the blank. To love God is to give to God. We call it worship. We call it sacrifice. We call it faithfulness. Or whatever it is, to love God is to give to God. We, we have bought a lie in our contemporary Christianity. You guys know this, right? We bought a lie. Contemporary Christianity has taught us to be consumers. We come to church and receive. That's not Christianity. That's a TED talk and a sing-along. <laughs> That's not Christianity. Christianity is showing up 
to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. That's what it is. Why? Because we have the very nature of God. Okay, you guys remember, going, let's go back to the old Bible. Remember when Israel went into the promised land and they finally got there after all the crazy that they went through and they finally get there and they're all lined up and they're all ready to receive the promised land and, and the first tribe gets their lot of land and the second tribe gets their lot and the third tribe, so on and so forth. And then when they get to the Levites, the Levites, what do they get? The Lord. Oh, somebody know they Bible. The Lord. They didn't get any land. They received God. God was their portion. God was their gift. Why? Because they were called to manage the temple. They were called to allow people to have uh, experience the presence of God. Their gift was the Lord. Do you know in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6 that you, child of God, that you're called a temple, that you are the house of God? And so what has God given you? Himself, the Lord. God is your portion. So if God is your portion, he is your DNA. And what is he doing inside of you? Carving the image of Christ. And if it is God's DNA to be good, to be generous, if God is in you, then it's your DNA to be good and to be generous. I'm I'm going to do my job to make y'all believe this. Yeah, it's up to you to believe it, but I'm going to do my job. All right, any believers out there? Any believers? I'm searching. I'm searching. All right, all right, all right. All right, I want to try to be practical with a message like this. There's four ways to give. Four ways to give. The first one is time. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. God, there's a, there's a whole body experience to being a Christian. There's, a, there's a, a, a completeness, a devotion, right? We give them our all. And, and one thing that we give, I'm not saying the only thing, one thing we give is time. Time is not about minutes and seconds. It's about attitude and disposition. Do you know someone needs your time? And that is generous. It's a gift that God has given you. He's given you time that you might give it away. Now, it's not about minutes and seconds, folks. It's about attitude and disposition. Uh, Let me help help you understand. Have you ever had anybody come to your house and they were there for 10 minutes and you was glad when they were gone? Their attitude, their disposition, right? It's not about how much time, it's about how you show up, amen? Now, sometimes people need extended time, but most of the time they need quality time, amen? Amen. Second, we give our time and we give our talent. If you have a talent, God intended it so that you might be a blessing to someone else. If you are good with finances, God expects you to be a blessing so that others might be good with finances as well. Or maybe the church needs someone to help them with finances. Or maybe there's kids at the community center that you can go bless. Well, if you have a talent, God expects you to give back. That's the reason you have it. Pablo Picasso said this, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. That's like, I don't know what my purpose is. You're the best singer in the room. Get up there and sing. 
You, whatever your gifts are, that's a clue, a hint to what God intended for you to do in the kingdom of God, to be light and salt in this world. Amen? Amen. We give our time. We give our talent. Well, let me say this. Anybody good with tech, social media? The church needs you. Amen? Any singers? The church needs you. Now, singing is an interesting one <laughs> because some of us think we can sing and we can't. <laughs> so we also need humility. <laughs> All right, amen. Time, talent, and treasure. God, if God has blessed you with finances, it's so that you might give for the kingdom of God, that you might give to bless those who are poor, that you might give those who are, who are weak. It's so that you might be a blessing. It is not so that you might hoard. That is not the purpose of treasure. Let's, Matthew 6, 21, for where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is the placement of that is so interesting. It doesn't say for where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. It says for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Y'all see that? Okay. You remember when your car was new? I mean, you were still invested in it, still making payments new. Still got that new car smell. Boy, you was washing that car every week. You was shining, you was waxing it. Year seven, you like that old thing or whatever. Okay, y'all not getting that one. Y'all not getting that one. One more, one more, one more. How many parents out here? Any parents? Raise your hand. Parents, parents. Okay. You got a kid that's a musician and a band and they travel around singing. You got to buy the instruments and pay for lessons and all of that. You, you, any parents like that? Any parents got kids playing sports and they're on travel teams or they got a trainer and you're paying and paying and, you know, and you'd even like basketball, but you know what I'm talking about? And now you're at the games and all of a sudden you're like, is that an assist? Is that what? Oh, wait. Oh, you know all the moves now. You know the strategies. You know all the positions. All of a sudden, you out there like, he can't coach. You didn't care two years ago. Well, your treasure is. Then your heart would be also. Amen? Where you invest. You, 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 you want, you want to, to, to care about what's going on at the church? Start giving. Start giving. I guarantee you, you're going to be like, what's going on around there? Y'all need some help? <laughs> well, your treasure is that your heart will be also. Then finally, thoughtfulness. Let each of you, Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Okay, let me say something first. God wants you to take care of you. Did you see it? And I'm saying that because sometimes we become so Christian, we care for others and forget to care for ourselves. It happens to pastors all the time. They get stressed out and they, they lose it because they're so busy pouring out, they weren't making sure that they were taking care of their own temple. Amen? God wants you to take care of you. I'm going to read it again. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, so care about you. The problem is when you only care about you, but also to the interests of others. In other words, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. You ever lost someone? 
And I don't know if you know what it's like to lose someone, but when you lose someone, that first two, three weeks, you know, everyone's calling, and then it dies down. And the first two or three weeks, you're like, oh, I can't handle all this. It feels like too much. Then all of a sudden, it gets less and less, and then no one's calling. Do you remember that person who called out of nowhere at the perfect time? It's generosity. They gave you their thoughtfulness. They thought about you. Celebrating people's birthdays, anniversaries, checking on people. Generosity is giving our time, our talent, our treasure, and our thoughtfulness. It's the whole being experience. Amen? All right, let me close. For it is in giving that we receive. It is our ethos, the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as seen in its beliefs and aspirations. It's what people know about us. We are those generous people. Luke 21, 3, and he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. Generosity is not a practice of the church. It's the worldview of the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for blessing us with joy, with mercy and grace, that we might extend mercy and grace and generosity and forgiveness to others. God, let us be whole being givers. Let us be generous, for you loved us and gave. Let us love you and love people and give back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org, or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.